0: What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast, presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. All right, guys, we broke down that win over Air Force the other night for the men's basketball team. Great to see them back on track. Or at the very least, it was great to see them come up big in a local rivalry game that obviously fared pretty poorly in those in-state matchups. The rivalry matchups still have another rematch against Wyoming to even the score there. I'll get into the Wyoming situation in the next couple of days. If you missed the news, all three of the Pac-12 transfers that came over this past offseason have been dismissed by Jeff Linder in season Noah Reynolds, their leading scorer, is out for the year with a concussion. Graham Ike, the preseason player of the year, is not going to play this year at all. And so the Pokes had to play against UNLV the other night with seven total players. Definitely a tough spot. Should be good for CSU, who again wants to avoid that 10-11 matchup as much as possible. But the writing on the wall has been there for quite some time with this Wyoming roster. If you listen to the podcast frequently... I was talking back in the fall about hearing whispers of the Pac-12 guys not being coachable and not connecting with Linder, but this certainly blew up way more intensely than I expected. I'm sure there's more to the story. If you want to find more information, go check out 7220 Sports, my buddy Cody Tucker. He was the one that broke the news, and he does a great job of covering Wyoming. He is the source I would recommend to follow so that you can stay up to date with all things Wyoming It's important to know your enemy. It really is. You got to know what's happening. That way you can be prepared for whatever they're going to throw at you in those day-to-day interactions. After all, that's what being a college sports fan is all about, the pettiness, the trash-talking, the rivalry. Anyways, we'll talk about that developing situation more in the coming days. We'll try and get Cody on the pod and get him to talk about it as well. Today, we're going to do another edition of What's Happening in Agland. That's where we kind of give updates on all the various beats around CSU athletics. I'll talk about some recruiting stuff for CSU football and why it's so encouraging under Chad Savage. Talk a little McKenna Hofschild, CSU women's basketball, escaped with a narrow comeback victory against San Jose State tonight. At the end, I'll give an update with some of the other Olympic sports, track and field, softball is set to kick off action for the season. My intro though is going to be talking about whether we wish CSU had a baseball team or not. I polled folks on Twitter via DNVR Rams. If you're not following that account, it's DnVR underscore Rams. you can also follow me at Justin T. Michael. You listen to this podcast so you probably already do, but hey, you never know. Anyways, I polled folks on Twitter and while that poll is still technically going with close to 500 votes, it is overwhelmingly. Yes, CSU fans do wish that we had a Division I baseball team in Fort Collins. 18% responded that they were indifferent. 8% responded no, that they do not want a team. But 74% responded yes. I'll give my thoughts on it, but just kind of reading through some of the responses we received on Twitter At Rick M. CSU fan says, would love to see CSU baseball, hockey, and lacrosse. But remember, you'd need to add a women's sport to offset them. That is correct. Due to Title IX, you could not add a men's sports team without also adding a women's sports team. For the record, I do not expect CSU to do anything major as far as adding programs anytime in the near future. But I do think it's fun to talk about. And I just kind of wanted to gauge everybody's interest. Uh, From at Gotts, Steve, Steve Gottson. 1,000%, the talent leaving the state is tragic. I'm a Ram baseball alum back in the old whack days. I would love to see them bring it back. Eric Maxwell says, I transferred to CSU after playing a couple years of college baseball, just hung up the cleats and needed to get away from the game for a while, so CSU was a great place to do that. But now I wish they had a team, would be at every game. Jackson Stern says Colorado puts a lot of baseball talent. It's a damn shame that neither of the two big schools operate a team. That was actually one of the points that I was going to make. So I'll get into that uh, here coming up. Great minds do think alike, though. So I wanted to acknowledge the comment. My buddy Matt Clapp, absolutely. College baseball is a blast. And Colorado has turned into a hotbed-ish of talent where CSU could probably build a competent program rather easily, especially with baseball so hard to find in the region. Another thing I was going to get into, so we'll talk about that. Trey Moxley, former CSU offensive lineman, CSU baseball gear would be lit. I agree. I'd love to have a hat jersey would be pretty cool. I think you might have the option to order from the club team yearly. They do that as like a fundraiser. And speaking of the club team, Dylan Heinrich, the club team at CSU baseball is still a great option. They just started their season and will play club teams from Wyoming and CU. If you have an itch for baseball and FOCO, go catch a game. Absolutely. I used to go to club games. They were fun. In no way do I want this to be considered a shot at the club teams, baseball, hockey, whatever, rugby, lacrosse. But I think it's fair to say there's a pretty significant difference between having a D1 team and having a club team. I mean, even if you had a D1 team, you could still probably also have a club team. But the reason that I was thinking about it is I started to see all the preseason All-Mountain West content regarding baseball. There's seven Mountain West baseball teams. Air Force has a team, but CSU has not had a team since the early 90s. And because of that, I never really grew up much of a college baseball fan. I would tune into the College World Series a little bit in the summertime, especially in elementary school, middle school. I mean, back then, before you could drive or have the option to leave and go hang out with friends and stuff, all I did was watch sports. It didn't matter if it was bowling or darts or anything. I mean, pool. I'd watch billiards every now and then. But I watched a little bit of the College World Series. The interest just really was not there because neither CSU or CU had a team in my lifetime. And so the emotional connection just really was not there. I've always been a baseball guy. As far as sports go, baseball was my first love. The Rockies were the first team I was truly obsessed with. And even to this day, although on a much smaller scale, it's still a part of my life. I mean, I've been active with youth baseball organizations for 15-plus years. I still work some tournaments. Speaking of which, shout out Kaba, Colorado, best organization in the state. All kinds of CSU alumni present in the organization. So if you're looking for a tournament for your youth team, check out Kaba, Colorado. That's not an ad. That's just me being genuine. But I mean, it. I, I really do love baseball. That's the point of bringing all of this up. Even so, I just really had never thought much about you know, why CSU didn't have a team, I would say I was closer to indifferent. I certainly would never vote no, I don't want the team. But honestly, really up until the last couple of years, my mindset was pretty much just, eh, whatever, not a big deal. Lately, though, I found myself wishing CSU did have a team. And I think part of that has to do with me falling out of falling out of love. That sounds so dramatic. Me just not being as into the Rockies post-Nolan Arenado trade as I was before. The recent comments from Dick Montfort, striving for 500, certainly have done nothing to reinvigorate my passion for Rockies baseball, but because I kind of have that void now, I used to watch 130 plus games a year as recently as 2019, I could definitely find myself enjoying some CSU baseball, and I wish I had that option. I do think that it's a program that you could start and hit the ground running relatively easy. I say easy in quotations, it's not easy to start in any sport, and we've seen that with CSU soccer. It's always going to be a bit of an uphill climb. I just think you have a lot of talent to pull from coming out of the high school level, even more so than football. And that's you know the same reason I think CSU women's soccer should be successful. When you look at the amount of talent coming out of this state, it's almost inconceivable that CSU and CU are not dominant on the women's soccer side. But as far as baseball goes, I think you could get a lot of the talented kids that maybe opt to go to community college. I mean, baseball is is really odd because, you know, they're very willing to go play JUCO. Sometimes that's even more competitive than D1 from my understanding. Admittedly, I'm not a college baseball expert. But just as somebody that's around the sport, has been for a long time, has seen the growth and seen how much it's taken off in the last 15, 20 years, I think you could hit the ground running and be able to get some of this local talent. All I'm saying is the star kid from my team ended up going to Garden City Community College, which is a great program out in Kansas. But if you've been to Garden City, Kansas, it's no Fort Collins. And even Mesa, which honestly has had a really successful program, has been the best program in the state. I love me the Western Slope. I genuinely do. But Junction, it's no Fort Collins either. There'd certainly be some challenges. Anybody that's participated in spring baseball, especially at the high school level where you're playing in, February, March, knows that the weather can be uh, just really unpredictable. It's freezing half the time. You're playing in snow. So you'd probably be playing a lot more road games than home games. The weather component is what originally had me thinking, well, maybe hockey would be a better addition. But there's a bunch of other challenges with hockey. It's a really expensive sport to maintain. You wouldn't have the same local talent pool to pull from like you do in baseball, like you do with soccer. It's growing. It's definitely one of the fastest growing sports in the state. Lacrosse is growing immensely as well. But when you look at the DU roster, I mean, the vast majority of talent is coming from out of state. And then just kind of off of that, I think it would be hard to establish a hockey brand at this point in Colorado because DU is just kind of the de facto college team for everyone. Unless you happen to go to Colorado College, I guess, but that's a pretty exclusive, small group Anyways, due to Title IX, I don't foresee any major changes, any programs being added anytime in the near future at CSU. But if they were to add a men's sport, I think baseball would probably make the most sense, followed shortly, or closely, I mean, by soccer. And I'd probably go lacrosse and then hockey, although I'd love to have all of them. But now more than ever, with the Rockies just being a dumpster fire, being irrelevant and really just not a subject of interest for local sports fans anymore. They're still going to have great attendance because people will go out to the ballpark and have beer, but it's not like they're engaged in the Rockies or know what's going on. I think there's room for growth within the college baseball market in the state. And you might even be able to create a whole new generation of fans, people like me that are into just about everything with sports, but didn't really have the local interest with college baseball. It could be fun. It could be a lot of fun. So thank you to everybody that responded to the poll on Twitter. Always appreciate the engagement from everyone. But we've got some recruiting to get into. We've got some CSU women's hoops to discuss and Olympic sports. Real quick, are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Mountain Time to see what prop will be boosted. I like some of the Chiefs props, whether it's Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown, uh, some of the passing props for Patrick Mahomes. On the Eagles side of things, I'm more intrigued by some of the rushing props, but they have a backfield by committee and you kind of don't know, is it going to be a Gainwell game? Is Miles Sanders in for a big one? Is Jalen Hurts going to take them all himself? Whatever you do, though, make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the code DNVR, new customers, bet $5 on Super Bowl 57, and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I also want to talk to you guys about Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've ever worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. I'm really impressed, guys, by just how wearable they are. Even for blind people like me, they make everything less glary. I have Just the most sensitive eyes, but it doesn't make it so dark that I can't see. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacement. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR, or visit them in-store at Park Meadows Mall for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Finally, when you get hurt, Bacchus & Shanker is here to help. Bacchus & Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They are free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus & Shanker has won over a billion dollars for their clients, now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus & Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus & Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, they can even help if you're injured at work. Call us at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus & Shanker wins. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk a little recruiting news. Chad Savage, who is the wide receivers coach, as well as the recruiting coordinator for CSU football under Jay Norvell, was recently honored by 247 Sports. They named a recruiter of the year for each conference, and for the Mountain West, it was Chad Savage. He's considered a rising star in the industry, so it's not surprised surprise, particularly when you look at the success that CSU has already had on the recruiting front since Savage and Norvell and company came over from Nevada. In 2022, they signed the number five class in the Mountain West, despite having only nine days to put it together. That's why there were so many more Division I transfers in that class in this past year. Also, NIL has a big factor with that. Go listen to my podcast with Jay Norvell if you'd like more info on that. But basically, it's going to be harder than ever for the Rams to land transfers just due to the amount of cash that Power 5 schools can, can throw at them. and Because of that, CSU is going to have to be a program that recruits well at the high school level, identifies, and then ultimately develops talent. As far as the track record goes, they really haven't been at CSU long enough to see these high school recruits kind of pan out and see how this all comes to fruition. But when you factor in what they did at Nevada and some of those guys that have come over, the guys that they developed, you feel pretty good about the future. Especially because the type of athletes that CSU is recruiting right now under Norvell, under Chad Savage, is just on another level from what we have historically seen. The Rams signed the number two class in the Mountain West for the 2023 cycle. According to 247 Sports, they ultimately came in just behind Boise State, just ahead of Fresno State. They were ahead of Boise after the early period. After signing a day itself last week, they were able to just barely top the Rams. Even so, though, you've got to feel really good about this class. Running back Damian Henderson out of Los Alamitos, he's a four-star, according to ESPN, three-star on 247 Sports is the second highest-rated high school recruit in history to sign with CSU, just behind Justin Holland, quarterback out of Bear Creek back in 2001. Wide receiver Makai Fox, who signed with CSU in 2022, is the third highest-rated recruit in program history, at least from the high school level. This is not factoring in transfers like Preston Williams. Head rusher Kennedy McDowell is number nine. But in total, seven of the top 20 high school signees in CSU football history based on the 247 metrics have come under Jay Norvell and Chad Savage. Almost half. And that's one full recruiting cycle and one wonky cycle in 2022 that they had nine days to put it together. Doesn't guarantee anything. Stars don't mean everything. You can look through that top 20 and there's plenty of guys that didn't pan out. Additionally, there were guys that had no stars, were one or two star prospects, and ultimately went on to become some of the better players in program history. But it is clear that since Norvell came to town, CSU has been opened up to a different caliber of high school athlete that they just weren't recruiting in the past. A little bit under Bobo, but not a ton. And just assuming that you can keep these guys on campus and coach them up and develop them, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism regarding the future of this program. The track record of these coaches, Norvell, uh, Chad Savage, the offensive guys that came over from Nevada, it speaks for itself. And if they can get that rolling here at CSU with all the resources that CSU has that they just didn't have in Reno, the sky's the limit. And that's huge because the time to win is now. The time to win or get left behind in the rapidly expedited uh, process of college football realignment, it's right now. And that's a whole other rant that I can get into and I'll probably talk about here in the next couple of days since it's somewhat of a relevant topic with the news coming out that uh, Texas and Oklahoma are going to join the SEC a year earlier. Leagues like the Big 12, the Pac-12, they're going to be looking to solidify their future. And if CSU wants to be in that equation, they've got to start winning in football. I mean, it feels like the Rams have completely fallen off the map compared to where we were at with this conversation back in 2013, 2014, 2015. And ultimately, that just comes down to a lack of winning, a lack of relevance on the football side of things. But hopefully with this staff and the type of athletes that they are recruiting right now, things are looking up for CSU. And it's really been the first time in quite a while that you could say that. Me personally, I'd probably go all the way back to 2016 when you still had some optimism that things could work under Bobo. The new stadium was still coming. The future felt bright. The Last four or five years have been pretty brutal. But if things are going to turn around, it ultimately comes down to recruiting and development. So I just think it's really encouraging to see what is happening right now under Jane Norvell, under Chad Savage, and just the general direction of this program. So shout out to him. I think it's big in terms of visibility. You no, know, these awards don't actually mean anything. It's not like the Heisman or something, you know, coming from 247 Sports. But all of this stuff matters. Visibility being talked about in the national discourse when it comes to programs that are on the up and up, that are recruiting well. All of that stuff adds up. And then just individually, you love to see a guy like Chad Savage, who's been busting his ass, get rewarded for that and get the recognition he deserves. So shout out Chad Savage. Shout out that entire CSU football recruiting department doing really great work. Hopefully it starts to translate to more victories. Moving on to women's hoops, Uh, earlier this week, McKenna Hofschild was named a semifinalist for the Becky Hammond Mid-Major Player of the Year Award. She continues to lead the country in assist-to-turnover ratio at 4.15. She's number five in assists nationally, number four in assists per game, number 10 in points per game, number nine in total points, and number 55 in field goal percentage. She leads the Mountain West in scoring assists and assist-to-turnover ratio. And so far this season, she has scored in double-digit figures for every single game, including 20 games with 20 or more points, and three plus games with 30 plus, or three games with 30 plus. Excuse me. To be eligible for this award, you must compete in one of the 26 conferences deemed to be mid-major. That means you are ineligible if you're in the ACC, Big 12, Big East, Big Ten, Pac 12, or SEC. Back in October, there was a 25-player preseason watch list, which, of course, included McKenna. The 10 semifinalists were announced this week, and the five finalists will be announced in early March. Along with McKenna, Desiree Young of UNLV, their center, was named one of the 10 semifinalists for the award. In my opinion, you really couldn't go wrong giving it to either one of these two. Both these teams are terrific. Both these teams are a lot of fun. And both should be in the mix in Vegas for the Mountain West Championship. Probably going to be what determines which Mountain West team makes the NCAA tournament. Highly doubt they get two bids, but you never know. Either way, it's great to see McKenna getting the individual recognition that she deserves. McKenna was also recently named the Mountain West Player of the Week after leading CSU to a pair of victories that was last week. She averaged 23 points and 9.5 assists, as CSU was able to comfortably beat down Utah State before taking down Wyoming in a thriller. That one ended with a last-second shot, a shot that was created by the terrific point guard play by McKenna Hofshield. McKenna made some big plays tonight as well in a road comeback victory for CSU. They avoid disaster. They were down by as much as 13, but ultimately able to come back, beat the Spartans 59-57 to 57 on the road. Kaylen Crocker hit two free throws with four seconds left to give CSU their first lead of the game. Heartbreaking way to lose if you're San Jose State. McKenna led the Rams in scoring with 14 points. She had seven assists. Rams have now won three in a row after going through a little bit of a losing streak there. They will be back in action again on Saturday at Fresno State, 5 p.m. Mountain Time. You can stream that on the Mountain West Network. Really all about trying to avoid bad losses at this stage of the season. And we'll see if CSU can set themselves up to make a run in Vegas. We'll also see if CSU can have the amount of team success for McKenna to ultimately win some of these awards when it's all said and done. Moving on, we have the softball program who will be kicking off action with the New Mexico State Invitational. The Rams were most recently picked to finish fourth in the Mountain West, Boise State. The preseason favorite followed shortly by San Diego State and UNLV. CSU picked just ahead of Fresno State, Nevada, San Jose State, New Mexico, and Utah State at the rear. Admittedly, we don't do a ton of softball conversations on this pod, but the Rams will begin their season at Bradley or against Bradley, I should say, on Friday morning at 11 a.m. They will play the Braves two more times throughout the weekend, including Saturday and Sunday. And then they will also be playing New Mexico State on Friday and Saturday. From the press release here, some notable returners for CSU include Haley Smith, Peyton Allen, Daniel Cerna, Julia Cabral, and Ashley York. Smith was CSU's leading hitter last season with a 354 average. Allen recorded nine home runs as the top slugger for the group. York led the team with 55 hits. Serna and Cabral both return as pitchers. Serna had a 377 ERA, and Cabral led CSU in innings pitched with 94.2. She returns for a senior season, so looking forward to seeing what softball is able to accomplish this spring. That's a program that's made great strides in the last half decade or so, should benefit even more when they have the new women's sports complex completed. Finally, CSU track and field is set to compete. We have some of the sprinters and multi-field athletes competing in Albuquerque. We also have some of the pole vaulters competing out in Seattle. Best of luck to them. Best of luck to CSU Women's Golf as well, who recently had a top 10 finish in their first tournament of spring. We'll be really curious to see how the men's team is able to compete after just a dominant fall. That's a program that's really made strides of late. So looking forward to all of that. Uh, That's all we have for today as far as info on various beats. No men's basketball game this weekend. They will be back in action on Wednesday against Boise State. We'll have you covered there. We'll have spring ball coming up in the not too far future. Really looking forward to diving into all of that and getting to see this new team under Norvell. A lot of returning talent, but certainly a ton of new faces. And like I said before, the future for CSU football is bright under Jay Norvell, under Chad Savage. Really intriguing recruiting classes being built by this staff. All right, y'all, that's all I have for today. Make sure you keep an eye out for the draft pod tomorrow. We are going to be giving our top five quarterbacks for the 2023 class more CSU content throughout the weekend as well. Hope everybody enjoys the Super Bowl. Make sure we're staying safe out there, making good decisions. But yeah, that's all I've got for today. Much love, y'all. Peace.